It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. We all seem to have that inner critic inside our heads. I have a committee, the itty-bitty shitty committee. You know what I mean, that nagging voice, or voices in my case, that knocks us down and drags us down the road of self-sabotage and self-neglect. A strong, positive sense of self-esteem is your first step to anything you wish to accomplish. Discover who you truly are, that gorgeous, talented, fabulous woman who deserves recognition and unconditional love. You know the most beautiful thing any woman can wear is confidence. Here on Confidence in Bloom with the Divas at Care Network, I, Tina Spolatini, speak with women living in their own self-confidence about who they truly are, how they found themselves, and how they care for themselves. Today I'm speaking with an amazing woman, Nan McKay. Nan is passionate about empowering women to live a meaningful life with zest, achieve success in their business, and provide leadership training to the next generation. Her energetic and upbeat personality shines through in all her endeavors as she continues to empower women in their personal and professional lives. People usually find it interesting that she's 80. She has no idea how that crazy number happened, by the way. Welcome, Nan. Thank you, Tina. I appreciate that. And you're absolutely right. I have no idea how that happened. <laughs> you know, it's funny because, I mean, I'm in my early 50s, and sometimes I, you know, when someone asks me how old I am, I really have to think, right? I mean, 50 was a big number, so that year I told everybody I was 50. And but but really, I still feel like I'm in my 30s. Some days, some days I feel like I'm well over a hundred. But sometimes I feel like I don't know how old am I. Time goes by way too quickly. Totally agree. You know, I guess I could say I'm 20 times four. Right. That would stop. But then we all have to stop and think. <laughs> we have to think. Okay, what what is that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Nan, tell me, what, what is your profession or your business? Like, what exactly do you do? Well, I provide resources in three areas, leadership, entrepreneurship, and marketing, for both business owners and for organizations. Uh, I'm also a speaker, do a lot of speaking engagements, an author. I have a best-selling book. And a quiz funnel creator, which is really the number one lead generator in creating an email list. So the new, the people who are really trying to find their email list, get more clients, get targeted clients, that's a great option for them. Oh, that's, yeah, that's great. Um, so you don't, you don't, it's not just like a book, like lots of people have their funnels set up as, as an ebook, this is something kind of different then. Oh, I've tried ebooks, I tried spreadsheets, I've tried practically everything, and nothing even came close to this. It's it's a it's a fairly complicated process of 
but I've made it pretty simple because I found when I did it and learned it, I increased my targeted leads. Get this, this is true, by 1,025%. Oh, my when you goodness. Can increase your, yeah, when you can increase your leads like that, you've got a winner. And the key is how to segment your market, find out more about your client, so that you're doing a whole lot more than just generating an email list. You're also getting a client that is targeted to your audience, your ideal client. You can figure out exactly what their pain points are, and now you've got an entree with your business into the solving the pain points of, of your ideal customer. Wow, that's amazing. That is amazing. I love that. Are you celebrating anything this week? Well, it was funny. Uh, I've been looking for a charity. I worked in subsidized housing for most of my life since 1963. And I wanted, when I make enough money in the business, I wanted to do some sharing of that with a donation to a charity. But I've been looking for a charity, and I'm thinking, gosh, I want somebody local where I'm living. And I just moved up to Vancouver about a year ago. Vancouver, not Canada, but Washington. So I found a charity, uh, went to their event, and I'm thrilled to say it is called SHARE. And they help people who are homeless. They help provide meals. They provide housing. So it's right in my wheelhouse. Oh, that's perfect. And, yeah, and, you know, there's lots of those charities that still need, like, a lot more support. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the people who are homeless, especially female head of household, uh, the, there's an ending supply of people. And so, therefore, we've got to be sure that we are constantly looking at their needs and addressing their needs. And to me, that's empowering women sometimes just by survival. Yeah, isn't that the truth? That's yeah. Good for you. <clears throat> Excuse me. How do you celebrate your wins and yourself? Well, I like wins, just like everybody else. Uh, and I would say that when I have a win, I really get motivated. Do it again. I want to get another win. So it's it's a definitely a motivator. Doesn't come every day, but when I get them, I like them. You like them. Yeah, you sound like someone who always has a lot of energy. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. I do. I'm, I'm not like that. I don't have a ton of energy. I Tell think me about a challenge. Oh, I'm sorry, man. What, Go ahead. I think what drives my energy is the just the, what I do. I love what I do. And so it's it's hard not to feel energetic because you can hardly wait to get to the next piece, the next thing to learn. Artificial intelligence, I, I'm just enthralled with what it can do for marketing into showing other people what artificial intelligence can do for your social media, to create a course, or just about anything that you need creative ideas for and then flush them out a little bit. It's absolutely amazing. Wow. I feel like I need to have you, like, next door to me. That'd be fun. I feel like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like there would be, like, there's always something I can learn from you. 
Well, there's always something I can learn myself. So I am learning constantly. And I'll tell you, the last four or five years, when we have seen the dramatic changes in the digital market, you know, when we look at having to learn a new way to market, a new way to do your business, all the new apps, a new way to communicate and network with people. It's of learning that needs to be done. No question about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, you cannot learn everything, right? The li- Our lifetime is not long enough to learn everything. There's always something to learn. Well, especially me. <laughs> where I'm 30 years older than you. Right, I right. I haven't got a whole lot of time to learn this either, but I am just going to pack it in and learn everything that I really think I need to know in order to be successful in what I'm currently doing. Right. You know, my grandpa used to say that um, our, our days on earth are done when we have learned everything we're meant to learn. Oh, God, I'm going to live to be 190 then. Right, right. I was just thinking that. Someone lets you, you, you will live forever <laughs> because you want to learn more, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's, that. Yeah. So, you know, all the power, like I hope that that's how it's going to be for you. Um, how, tell me about a challenge that you have faced and how you've dealt with it. Well, I think we face challenges every day as a small business owner. Uh, the challenges change from day to day. But my challenge was what I was talking about earlier, finding that lead magnet that really worked. And I really felt I was in a new – I've started six businesses, so this is not my first rodeo. But I felt that I was in a new arena with all the – digital marketing, and I didn't have a good email list in this particular segment of the market, and I found this thing called quiz funnels, and they looked really complicated. So I studied how to do them for about six months, and I thought, well, I'll have somebody else do most of this programming of it. And then the person that I had hired to do the programming went on vacation for an extended period. And I had to pull up my big girl panties and say, oh, my gosh, I can learn this. And actually, I had a computer software company for 15 years as one of my companies. So I thought I, it, it's totally different today than it was back then because back then you were programming in DOS and, and I supervised programmers, did that kind of thing. But now today... It's very, very different, and you're learning through apps, and you're learning email sequences, and you're learning programming in a totally different way. So I figured it out, and I increased my targeted leads, as I said, by 1,025%, and now I do them for other people, and I found a way to do it for less than half of what other people are charging. So... I think it's a big success, and I'm just going to keep doing that in addition to my other stuff. For you. Good for you. And why charge an arm and a leg? Us entrepreneurs, we need that. And we don't have a ton of money to, you know, throw away on stuff like that. Yes, because my my real uh, avatar or ideal customer is, for the quiz funnel, 
is a woman who is probably been in business for a little while or or just starting a business and just really needs to find those targeted leads. And you don't have a lot of money. You can't spend the typical quiz funnel to build it goes from 5000 to 15000 That's more than the small business owner can afford. So I've found a different way to do it, and I think it's working extremely well, and it is about half of that. Wow, of the low, that's great. low side. Yeah, that's, the low that's side. great. Good for you. Good for you. What's one myth that you've made, and how did you navigate your next move? I think the one mistake, I can't say I've only made one mistake, but one mistake I think about probably more than others is the business I started in 1980 was a business that provides training seminars in the on HUD regulations in the subsidized housing industry. And that business is still going today, has over 2,000 employees, and so it was something that I always worried, well, what, with all my eggs in this basket, what if they decide to put HUD under a different department or, you know, they decide not to fund it anymore or something? So I always talked about, I bet maybe I should have kind of a side hustle going as well. So I don't know where I got this crazy idea, except that I had an additional office in a little strip center. And I thought, I wonder what would happen if I would manufacture clothes. Now, I that is about as far from subsidized housing as you can get. But at the time, I was a 2X. This was in the 90s. And I couldn't find clothes that looked nice. It's not like today. Back then, it was like no, there was no catalog. There was no, there were no uh, larger sizes in department stores. It just didn't happen, hardly at all. So I decided to manufacture clothes, even though I knew nothing about it. And I had patterns made from some of the dresses that I owned. And I turned it into a gift catalog and store along with my main business. And a big divergence, of course, from this HUD subsidized training seminars to all the way over here. And my big mistake that is I just didn't do enough research. I didn't realize because there were hardly any catalogs on anything at that point. And I didn't realize you had to not just produce one catalog, you had to do it over and over and over again and pretty quickly. So I thought, well, I had enough money to do one, and that one and start up in the business cost me about $100,000. Oh, my goodness. Yes, and it was a big mistake because I didn't have enough money to do more, and I had to take out a loan on my house to pay for it. So I would say that was a really big mistake. Now you can get larger sizes everywhere. So it was the right idea, but I didn't have enough research and I didn't have enough money to put into it. So here's the lesson I learned from it. Don't jump into something else out of your wheelhouse without doing a lot of research. Oh, and you said you do accessories. And I want to tell you, I also had a line as part of the gift catalog on jewelry and accessories, too. 
<laughs> oh, I love that. So do you still have all that jewelry in your closet? No, I don't. I sold most of it for, and a lot of what I had to sell, especially on the clothes, for worth like 10 cents on a dollar. It was a sad lesson. A big oh, I lesson feel for learned. you. Yeah. But I survived, and the big business kept on going, and it's still growing today. That's awesome. Congratulations. How, how does a story tell confidence? I think when you tell a story, you have to be very authentic and maybe vulnerable. And I think if you are vulnerable in your story, then you have found enough confidence to share it with other people. And that confidence gives you more confidence to say, well, maybe I could try another story. So I think doing it helps a lot. Yeah, that's true. I I agree with you there. What skills do you think are needed to show confidence in your store? Other than, I mean, you said being authentic and being vulnerable. We need. I think the most important thing is if you have a growth mindset, and you're curious, and you're willing to try new things. If you have that, then I think your confidence is going to come through in your stories. And to me, stories are really just conversation. And the caution comes in, of course, if you tell too many stories about yourself and you aren't curious about other people, because then... People have to know, like, and trust you, know you, but they might think, oh, this person's just all about me. And the reality is you have to always position yourself to say, what about the other person? How is this important to the other person? Am I just telling this because I know it, I'm trying to make a connection, or I'm just all about me? Right. So I think we have so, to reach out. Right. So, And you mean, of course, like if I'm telling my story, I'm not telling it because I want you to know my story. I'm telling it because I want you to know sort of how I've grown in the past and how I might be able to help you. And it's, it, yes, it's like I hear what you're saying and this was my experience in that area and then you want to get them to talk to you about your experience and you back to them with their experience. So that right, and then you have like a, right, a full conversation about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like that. Um, please explain this. Confidence comes from the stories we tell ourselves. <laughs> well, that's true, and it's really easy to fall back on the bad stories you tell yourself. Uh, but really... All they do on those stories where you go over and over in your head, why did I do this? Oh, I remember when I did that. It just makes you feel bad. All they do is is drag you down and put you in a box. You can't start over on the things that your bad stories that you tell yourself are about. They're usually a long time ago. 
are no do-overs in that area. So what they do, I think, is put you in a box. So when I have to do something that I'm afraid of, then I just start talking to myself and I start the mantra of telling myself, you're going to do fine. Tina is not going to hurt you. She's going to support you. You're going to do great. In fact, you're going to do the best job you've ever done. (laughs) I don't know why it works, but it seems to. Yeah, I think we all have a touch of the imposter syndrome. Am I going to be good enough? Am I going to fail? Is she going to cut me off mid-thing and say, no, get the hook out, take her off the stage? (laughs) If if you use a mantra to tell yourself that you are good enough, then it will work because it really does. It's you building your own self-confidence. And if you don't believe in yourself, why would other people believe in you? Right? Right. That's so true. That is so true. When you're working with your clients, Nan, what outcome do you work towards? Well, it depends on what I'm doing with them. Um, If I'm working with clients to build a quiz funnel, then I want them to totally understand it, develop their own content, and really own it. And I can guide and I can program the quiz, but the quiz outcome is theirs, and I want it to be fabulous. So I love using the AI for marketing and then throughout the quiz building, and I teach people how to do that. So it's kind of more than one thing that people are getting out of it. Now, the other thing that I'm doing is I am developing a next-gen leadership academy. I'm concerned that 10,000 baby boomers are retiring a day, and there's not enough people behind them that we are teaching leadership skills that we are mentoring to grow. And we've got a new generation of people because do you know that 47 to 48% of the people in the workforce today are millennials and Gen Zers? I mean, I think that's amazing. So if we've got the baby boomers retiring and we've got Gen X as a small generation in between the baby boomers and the millennials and the Gen Zers, We don't have enough in the Gen X to fill the leadership positions that are going to come available. So what I am promoting and putting together where companies can come in and on a monthly basis find full train-the-trainer materials for that month on a particular leadership topic to take all the materials and then train their people in-house. Wow, that sounds so simple, but do you think that that's something that's starting to happen? I think it better happen because if it doesn't happen, we are going to be in a world of hurt. Uh, The other kind of statistics is that people are employees 30-some percent, it seems like it's about 33% of the new hires are leaving within 90 days. And some of those are leaving within the first 30. And do you know the reason that they say they're leaving? 73% of 
of the people say they're leaving because they felt it was not a positive culture. So what I think we need to do is take a look, and I've, I have a class on this for managers, take a look at what the millennials and the Gen Zers want from their employers. It's not the person who's a baby boomer wanted when they were young. It's not even what the Gen Xer wants, wanted when they were young and coming up. So what is it they want? If they're almost half the workforce, we better figure this out. And I've got four things that they want, and those are the things that I'm saying one of those four is more, more, more opportunities to learn and grow. And the way to do it is to provide the promotional ladder for people, for people that want to climb that ladder to be able to start their leadership within that company. That's a culture that needs to be developed. And then you need to provide them with the tools to be able to do it. Yeah, it's not knowledge talk anymore. Yeah, it's knowledge, skills, and abilities. That's what you're right. trying to improve. What we call them KSAs, the knowledge, skills, and abilities in order to do the next level job. But people have to have a culture where they feel comfortable today or they simply won't stay. And the Gen Zers are the most diverse population that we have ever had. So we have to be sensitive to those things. And if we are not sensitive to diversity, equity, and inclusion in what we're doing with our culture, we will not succeed. Hmm. I think you're right. I think you're right. I hope that they figure this out. Because if, like, you know, like if, if you figured it out, there's, there's got to be someone else out there that has figured out they need to make some big changes. Well, I think when they look at the statistics, they should wake up because it isn't the olden days. This is a new dawn. And if you're not equipped to be able to merge your company into the new future, then it's going to be you sitting there all by yourself. And what happens when you're ready to have a succession plan and you're ready to go on and do something else? The problem is if you do not build the leadership behind you, you're going to be stuck and you will not be able to have the kind of retirement that you want. I I have to agree. But aren't the baby boomers already past retirement? No, no. The baby boomers, in fact, it's so interesting to see how long people are working. People are going way beyond. Now, there's some reasons for it. Take a look at things like your medical costs. When you are about 66, 67, you're eligible for Medicare. But prior to that, your medical insurance costs are enormous. So if you're looking for when can I actually do something like retire, you're going to have to look at your expenses and say, do I want to live on my 401K and take it out? You better not do much of that. You know why? Because longevity is increasing. Then is there going to be any money left by the time you still feel good and you're 85 or you're 90 
and you're still going and the money's run out. So we, and then you're also subject, of course, to the stock market and you're subject to the economy when you're using out of your 401k. So people today are living longer, but they're also working a lot longer. Some out of necessity and some because they're bored silly if they just sit around. It's, you know, some people are okay with just playing golf all day. Some people are okay with just going to lunch and doing, to me, um, not very interesting things. So right. like, it depends on what floats your boat. It's okay for some people to do that, and they're happy with it. And I say, go do it. But if you're not, then say, can I maybe give back? Can I give and make a difference to somebody else? Maybe it's volunteering at the local animal shelter. It doesn't have to be making money. But if you're doing something to make a difference in the world, then you get out of the all-about-me thing. And it's almost like you're sitting there wanting to, wanting to figure out how to fly. And my answer is this. Take a look around. Are you holding on? You're in a house. Are you holding on to the furniture and, and you're kind of wishing that that ceiling would open up large enough so you could fly out? If so, then I say, let go. Let go of the furniture and open that ceiling wide enough so you truly can fly. I love that. That is absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Now, I know you have a long list of social media handles. Um, maybe give us our website, your, your website, for the listeners so they can get in touch with you. Well, just about everything is under Nan McKay Connects. So it's nanmckayconnects.com, and whether you're Facebook or your LinkedIn or your Instagram, it's all Nan McKay Connects is how you get there. Uh, my, if people want to get in touch with me, uh, my email is nan at nanmckayconnects.com. And I just wish everyone, I wish them the ability to take that first step to fly. Thank you so much, Nan. You're welcome, Tina. It was fun being with you. Yes, thank you. Confidence in Bloom is a celebration of self-love, a confirmation that you're an amazing, desirable, brilliant, gorgeous, talented woman, even though you may not look like a screen star or a supermodel. The truth is they don't even look like that. We offer unconditional love to our partners, our children, our extended family, even our pets. It's high time we got out of our own way and learned to unconditionally love ourselves. Chic definitely does come in every shape. So if you want something to believe in, start with yourself. If you'd like to be a guest here on Confidence in Bloom and chat with me, contact me through Instagram at InfoBloomStyling or by email at Tina at InfoBloomStyling.com or through the Divas That Care website. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on DivasThatCare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.